coming up next on the Wetfly Swing Podcast? One of the big issues is that we have so many people on that river because it's it's the second most river. The Madison is the first one most recently, but there's a good 135. I mean, that's what we looked on angler days last year or 180,000 was the highest amount. And it's just, I mean, there's a lot of people on this stretch and it's great. And there's a lot of pressure, but it's kind of like you don't want to love it to death necessarily, you know. And so just kind of people um, understanding how they impact the habitat and and to be respectful of each other and to to enjoy the, you know, the resources. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Today on the Wet Fly Swing Podcast, we have Sherry Medor from the Upper Missouri Watershed Alliance. Sherry is going to shed some light on their programs, some of their struggles and successes in protecting and restoring fish habitat in the Upper Missouri. This episode came to me from John at Trestle and is our way to help spread the word about some of the good groups out there doing good work. Please support uh, the Upper Missouri Watershed Alliance if you're in this area or support your local uh, Watershed Alliance as well. I want to thank John again for the heads up on Sherry and the Upper Missouri Watershed Alliance. You can check out Trestle at wetflyswing.com slash Trestle. That's T-R-X-S-T-L-E. And check out their CRC system. I'm going to be uh, continuing to break this one out. I've got a, a mounting... Uh, option coming soon so we're going to see this thing uh, on top of the car very soon but uh, as you know it's been in the back and been a great option just to keep it folded up um, telescope down in the back and I got a couple of rods in there at all times also just want to give you a heads up John uh, from Trestle was on the podcast in a past episode and he noted that he is still the one answering the social media we're going to try to ping John on this one so if you get a chance uh Head over to Trestle on social and let him know you heard this podcast today and you heard about him uh, through our little chat here. Okay, let's get into this one and get rolling. We've got a good one with Sherry. She's going to dig in. This is going to be a quick one. We kind of just touch on the surface and skim it. We hear a little bit about what they have going on and then we're going to we're gonna move on to the next one. So check out Sherry. This one is, uh, you can find them at umowa.org. How's it going, Sherry? Good, thank you. Thanks for uh, taking a little time today to talk about the good stuff you have going down there. We we connected through um, John Smiggy with uh, with Trestle, and he uh, I was kind of doing a checking with uh, some folks, saying, "Hey, who's who knows some good groups that we we should talk to about conservation?" And and he brought you guys up and. And so we're going to talk about a little bit about um, you know the connection of what you do up there and um, and all that. Maybe you can just start with, and I'm not even sure. You know, obviously we have a lot of people in the in the audience are fly fishermen and women. Um, I'm not sure if you do much fishing at all, but how did you come to be uh, involved with uh, UMOA? My husband had guided on the Missouri for like 25 years, and so and we have a cabin there on the Missouri, so I was very familiar with it, and I fish but not to the extent of a lot of folks and um and i had been involved with a weed noxious weed project on the smith river and so we were doing the same type of thing water quality on the missouri and um and it was a good group and it was a place we'd always wanted to work with and enhance and and we were pretty excited to join so the board started in 2014 and i i came on um about six years ago 
Oh, okay. About six years ago. Yeah. And what was uh-huh. it? So this is the Smith River. Which Smith River is that? This Smith River is when I worked on originally. And that, that's in the, um, uh, in the Little Belt Mountains on, and it flows into the Missouri. At the oh, okay. End. So yeah, this is not the Smith yeah. River in the no, California. No, yeah. no, no. So we're looking at, um, the Missouri River from, um, Holter Dam to a 35 mile stretch down to Cascade, the town of Cascade. Good. And, and probably, you know, I'm sure there's a number of people listening here that are familiar with the area, but maybe think of, uh, just take it high level here for somebody who maybe doesn't know that area very well. Can you talk about, I mean, I know there's a lot here, but like the Missouri, you have, you guys are the upper Missouri watershed Alliance. I mean, talk about that. How, what's the difference between the upper lower and give us a little brief uh, rundown on kind of, if we didn't have a map in front of us. Yeah. So the Missouri is the longest river in the country. And so we have, and we're, we are about, um, it starts at Three Forks, which is about 75 miles upriver from the dams from Helena area. Our, our capital is the central area okay. and Three Forks is, is farther south. And it flows from there to, um, it starts from there and it goes through a system of dams. And then, um, and our project is actually from Three Forks down to Great Falls, which is a huge stretch. But we're primarily focused on the primary fishing area between Holter Dam and Cascade. A lot of people know it, the area Craig. Yeah. And um, and that's a pretty nice spot. And um, there's some great areas to fish all the way down. Those 35 miles is considered a blue ribbon trout stream. Gotcha. Gotcha. So basically the Missouri, I mean, it, talk about just the bigger picture. So the Missouri flows out uh, of Montana, like you said, going through Helena and then cuts kind of east, right? And goes across. Describe that a little bit. Yes, it cuts east around Great Falls, which is another like 60 miles down from Cascade or less than that, I guess, from Cascade and then cuts east and goes across the state and out through the eastern portion and down a little bit further south. Yes. And it actually goes, I mean, the, again, this is uh, high level stuff, but goes into. I know, I should include that. Yeah, yeah, into the uh, Mississippi River, right? Yes, yes, you're correct. So that's the the crazy thing when you think of it, because it's, um, I mean, literally, if you look at a map of the river, like you said, it's the longest river. I mean, it starts in Montana, goes across the entire country, eventually flowing in south into the Mississippi, which heads into the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, it's this is amazing, right? I mean, literally a river that's splitting splitting the United States kind of in half almost, right? This is this is a pretty uh, huge huge basis. Give me some give me some stats. Do you have any like fun facts on the upper? I mean, I know you're focused on the upper Missouri, but but give us some scale. How, how big is this river up there? It flows. We have about. Um, I mean, I don't know if this helps. Right now, we're pretty low. It's about 3,000 CFS uh-huh. cubic feet per second, and it can go up to, um, I mean, generally in the high water, it can go up to like 10, 11 is what we hope to, but um, we have the dams control it pretty much, and so right now we've had such a drought and such, so even if we get a lot more, we had a really dry winter too, but we've gotten some water in the spring, and it could, um, we need to um, fill up the dams. So we, we're still going to probably have a pretty low um, flow this year for 3,000 CFS. Um, I apologize. I do not have the statistics in front of me. Oh, that that's right. So that area. Yeah, yeah, no worries. It's pretty, um, it's, uh, it slows down quite a bit after Cascade. It's considered, um, you know, down from Holter, it's kind of like a tailwater from the dam, it's considered. And so it's, um, 
it's pretty cold. It stays pretty cold. The temperature is what they're regulating about the fishing access to it. If the temperature is too high or yeah, um, that's when they start controlling it. But, um, but yeah, there are a lot of folks. Um, there's no, uh, I mean, there's, there is some jet boats, a little bit of jet boat activity, but not a whole lot. It's mostly drift boats and kayaks, rafts and paddle boards, stuff like that. That's and, right. Um, yeah. That's right. So yeah. it's a, it's a beautiful section. It's an absolutely gorgeous section of the river right around there. Nice. Nice. So, so yeah, I'm just uh, trying to get a little perspective. Like I said, this is some high level stuff, but talk a little more. I mean, the important stuff really, obviously we can, we can dig up maybe some fun facts on the, uh, on the size and things like that, but really what the upper river Alliance does describe that. What, what are some of the, you know, the challenges up there for, I'm not even sure. Maybe you could talk first about the, the mission of the Alliance and then talk about some of the challenges that, that you guys are dealing with. Um, yeah, so Umoa was established by a group of primarily guides and fly fishers who um, who really see, I mean, it's it has a very great fish population right now, but they could see a lot of people are moving in this area, the, the droughts are causing a lot of problems, the temperatures, the, um, we're getting a lot more aquatic plants growing and stuff, so which are changing the fish habitat. There's still a lot of big fish, but not not to the extent that we'd like to see. And it was, um, it was established pretty much to get a baseline data because we had seen where the Yellowstone and other areas had been impacted and, and just to try to get the, get it back to the high quality they needed to establish what was considered a good level. I mean, what, what was the original level at the time? So we'd collected a lot of water quality samples and we've been doing that for about seven years now. And we do it three times a year. And then we've collected um, macroinvertebrate data about the bugs and just to see what's out there. And, and that's kind of shows you how the how the habitats are changing and stuff. And then we're also – and so we've put that together. This is what we're pretty excited about this year. We put that together in a health summary report. Mm. So it's going to be online and it will be – because a lot of data is out there, you know, but it's hard to see – how to use it or what it actually means. So we're trying to um, put together the data from the water quality studies, the macroinvertebrate, the fish counts, the flow of the um, coming out of the dam, the temperature, and to put all that together in graphs and analyze so that you can kind of mess it, you know, you can look at it on our website. We haven't put it up yet, but that's going to come up this summer. And, um, and so you can kind of see what's going on and how evaluates and what, and what the, you know, how the temperature impacts the plant growth or the water quality or how that changes the nutrients that come down, how that changes the, the um, macroinvertebrates or the water, the fish or what all's going on. So that's pretty exciting. We're hoping to make that. And our biggest effort is to make that a um, really accessible to everybody, you know, not just the science geeks or something or, you know, just something who where anybody can understand and kind of mess around with it and see how it all flows. And um, so we're excited about that. We've done a couple restoration projects on the um, banks where we're doing uh, most of it's revegetation because a lot of it's been agriculture or either mowed down quite a bit. So we're trying to get the plants back up there so that you'll get less erosion and less sediment. And, um, and we're also working on a pretty big project with the uh, noxious weeds, and that's on the land, but it goes up to the habitat. And that's been a good deal with um, getting to really work with the landowners, which is a huge issue. Yep. 
and um, to get them engaged and involved. So that's been exciting. And um, we're also uh, doing a lot of working, trying to work with the guides and the fishermen on staying off the reds, especially because the flow is so low. All right. That the fish are breeding now, you know, not far up the tributaries because there's not a lot of water. They're breeding down. So to kind of to people aware and to stay off the reds and then to um, also to be careful about when they're taking fish out of water, you know, keeping making sure your hands are wet, keeping them wet, not taking them out for any length of time or anything. But um, but trying to do an education piece on that and, and about trying to um, wash your boats and your waders so that you don't spread invasive species along the river in different areas. And so it's a big education piece as well. And a part of it is just trying to hopefully people will understand what's impacting the river because there's so many, you know, people, everybody has their view, certainly yeah. we all do, but try to have people a better understanding of what really impacts the river and, um, and to advocate for that river, you know, if, if you're in state, you know, through legislature stuff, or even if you're, you know, you're out of state through your, um, through your recreation dollars or, or your state legislature, you know, your federal legislation and, um, and to try to really educate people. And one, one of the big issues is that we have so many people on that river because it's, it's the second most river. The Madison is the first one most recently. But there's a good 135 – I mean, that's what we looked on Angler Days last year. Or 180,000 was the highest amount. And it's just – I mean, there's a lot of people on this stretch. And it's great. And there's a lot of pressure. But it's kind of like you don't want to love it to death necessarily, you know. And – um. And so just kind of people um, understanding how they impact the habitat and and to be respectful of each other and to to enjoy the you know the resources and um right are there restrictions on the on the amount of people that can be like floating the river or on the river in any given day? No, there aren't in general if the I mean like last year we had hoodow hours where the water temperature because it was so dry and it got so hot and the water temperature if it gets at 70 degrees the um they say you can't fish after noon or a certain period or one or two you know the fwp figures that out and so um so that went on for about a month and a half last year and that's the only restrictions i mean some of the rivers around there's only i guess only one that's regulated um, in in the Montana, the Smith for number of people on it, but um, the Missouri tends to be because it holds so much water that guides come from all over the state when their rivers are either getting blown out or oh, because right. they're or because they're too low or they're they're in hoot owl hours and stuff. Then you get even more people on the Missouri. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so there's probably like a lot of things. There's a lot of different impacts. Um, what do you think is you know the the fo- so it sounds like the noxious weeds is a, I mean a, a major impact. What, what are the give us a rundown on the species. What what I know you know obviously trout is is are there a number of different species that you're focused on or just kind of everything. Um, well, pretty much everything. You have the cutthroat, the brown trout, the um, rainbow. There is the um, the whitefish are in there. They've caught a couple pike, which is not good because that's showing that the water's too, you know, it's getting too warm. Mm-hmm. You really don't want those warm water species. There's a lot of walleye up in the upper, in the 
dams above in the reservoirs above and some of those come down but it's it's a i mean it's a pretty darn good trout fishery that's for sure <laughs> yeah no kidding that's that's great and all yeah we'll, we'll uh, we've had a number of people on that have talked about fishing so we're not going to really dig into much of the you know that today but i just did want to get a perspective on you know what you do and and so you're there as on the board right you're the on the chair of the board describe the um your role there and the board and how that looks well, we've had a, um, it's an all volunteer board. We have eight members. John, who you mentioned before, mm-hmm. from Trexel is on our board, and he's been a great addition. And um, we're hoping to get enough funding because we're kind of to the point where we need to get up to the next level because there's so much integration we need to do with Department of Environmental Quality, with Natural Resource. Mm-hmm. Department of Natural Resource and Conservation with FWP, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. I mean, there's so much interaction to do because there's so many agencies and and to work together. And, and we're getting pretty well established and all, but it's just a matter of um, it's all been board run at this oh, point. Oh, right. So we you don't have like an executive director or, or no. staff? No. And so we've contracted last year as our first year that we got somebody to help us um, part-time with – some of the grants we usually we write most of our grant all of our grants and then um, with the social media because we're trying to really get out there get information out there to people to engage and so we're you know going on with the Facebook um, Twitter Instagram and then we're trying to keep our website updated and and so we've had a lot of and so we've contracted folks to help with that and we currently have Kelly Harrison as a um, uh, she used to guide, and so she's been helping us now. So we're hope um, just part time, and we're hoping to hire you know to get her on full time in this next year if we can get the funding. So that would be a huge help, and then we can really we can really step up to the next level. We applied for a um, a big grant with Bureau of Reclamation. It's from you know it's a federal grant, and it'd be that we'll find out in July if we get it for January. But that will help us to establish. Um, it's a long-term process, but to hopefully get our stakeholders together to really engage the landowners, the agencies, local, state, federal, and um, and the people who are on the river, and to really be a part of it to establish a watershed restoration plan. So that would be that's going to be pretty exciting if we can get that. Yeah, that's really cool. So. No, I mean, I think that is the challenge, you know, that obviously if it's just a board, a volunteer board, yes. that's tough to uh, get things going if you don't have a dedicated staff. And then also, yeah, obviously you guys, I'm sure a lot of people on the board, right, have businesses and other jobs. So how do you, you know what I mean? That's a, a big challenge. But well, if people, if somebody's listening now, they might be from that area, they might know of you or even around the country or, uh, you know, what would you tell them? How could they help um, with your with your mission or with your group? Well, to come and check out our website, and we're always trying to improve it, so definitely keep coming back to it. Um, sign up for our newsletter, and that you can do that on our website, or you know, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and we do a raffle. We're doing an online raffle, so that can certainly help with funding or donations. Could definitely help um, if you're local and you're really interested in it, and not even just local folks, because we do have some folks from around the country but um who are interested on being on the board or or have some um resources they think would help us i mean we of course funding is always helpful (laughs) yeah and um 
and yeah, and ask questions and, um, you know, and engage and um, certainly ask questions, see how you can, I mean, we want this information to be usable, to be people to understand it and to share, to be an advocate for the river, for the systems all over the place, but particularly for this river and, um, and to share that with people, you know, yeah. What are the on the river itself? So the Missouri is obviously a big, a big name. Lots of people talk about the Missouri. Are there other tribs to the Missouri, other rivers in that name that are equally big that you get that you're all focused on? Um, we, I mean, there are tributaries that come into the Missouri from our areas. It's Stickney Creek. It's kind of small, and Dearborn, of course, is. Uh-huh. I don't know if you familiar with that um and then down below kind of cascade but we do still work with the smith river is a really is a big okay. river right now and they have a um they have a lot going on there with the mine with the potential mine and oh, with wow. the um yeah and a lot and it's been very low water there which has been too bad but um yeah and then the sun river comes down below us there's a watershed group there that we work with a lot but that comes down right into before great falls so um yeah, and then so the the three forks that come into the, that make the Missouri are the Jefferson, the Madison, the Gallatin. Oh right, yeah, yeah, and gotcha. Those have all their issues themselves, you know, yeah. with um, Bozeman and Big Sky and all that coming down. So they have watershed groups, which has been you know great, and it's good we're all working together. And um, I mean that's a big part of it is communication, and then really engaging the landowners and the and the people that are on the river to be respectful of the resource. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What what is your so it sounds like you your um your day job or whatever you do for your line work is as an attorney is that is that the case? Um yes, I've kind of retired. I had a um the past 5 years I haven't been working as much as an attorney and I have been doing some other projects. We have a couple rentals on the river. We have um yeah, just kind of a broad stuff that we're doing. How is the, I'm always interested in the, you know, it's like the attorney, right? right? You're, you're, I'm just curious, just on my own curiosity. What uh, line, like, what, what did you do? What was your job there? What typically, what were you doing? Um, I had started out, my undergraduate was at agriculture. So my interest was agriculture law, natural resource law. And I worked with that, ended up kind of doing stuff between, I mean, everything between child protection to, um, border horse racing. I was attorney for there for a while and then came back into the agriculture piece of it and um, worked a lot with the Smith River and the non, well, with all of those, a lot of it was the nonprofits and small business. So, um, so that kind of brought me into the, the Missouri. So you were in a situation where, yeah, just natural resources, obviously you might have to I mean, I always get that picture, right? You you hear these things where occasionally folks are going to court over sort of natural resource law, you know, issues and things like that. Is some is that something you had to deal with ever? Where you're... Um, I did some stuff with easements, but I didn't. I tended to do more of the policy driven, and I mm. lobbied at the legislature and did policy and, gotcha. um, and drafted. I see. You know. Yep. Hopefully to keep people out of court <laughs> was my gotcha. <laughs> so policies, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So you're more of the 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 not the easier, but the the stuff. Well, I mean, obviously policy. That's the what proactive. That's, yeah, proactive. <laughs> yeah, proactive is the better way to put it. Yeah, proactive. Right, right. And and what is so on the policy end, like right now with the Missouri the Upper uh, River, you know, the alliance, the group you're with now. Um, what does that look like on the policy end? Are there some? Are you still working on some of those um, big activities? Um, we do. 
I mean, we are advocates for, I mean, there's some big conservation easements coming up, which is good. There's the state just recently passed, um, they're changing their standards for water quality from numerical, you know, just having strict numbers to, um, to narrative, which is kind of like, and, and they're, they're trying to define that. So that's a big issue, but that's going to be huge. <laughs> you mean like define, like, as opposed to saying out of scale one to 10, you're a one or whatever versus now it's just say what you have poor versus good water quality. Yeah. Yeah. Or it looks bad or, you know, there's algae or something. Then you have to describe what that means. And, and Yes. And they're going through that now. So that's huge. And that's kind of a big issue right now that they're um, working with, you know, with EPA and trying to align it with their standards. And, and what does it mean? Cause we had, I mean, we had state standards for water quality, but they were for all the water and right now, and then they were reviewing it for the, um, the bigger water, um, bodies, which is the Missouri and the Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. And that kind of changed things, but it's, that, that's what helps with the nonprofit as well. I mean, I saw that in the, um, in the weed situation in Smith River, you know, that there's a lot of agencies involved and they're doing good work, but but things change within the agencies. And hopefully, you know, sometimes the nonprofits, if they're well-established, they can provide a continuity and kind of do some things that suddenly regulations change, then they can keep that continuity going. So we're trying to establish that with, you know, maintaining the water quality standards, you know, or just to um, identify what they are, no matter what the state does, we will establish that th- this is the level that we see now. And we'll try to keep that in a legit way yeah. to, um, to really show what's going on over time with the water, no matter what the, what the state agencies do. But I mean, they, they're trying, they're working hard on it and stuff, but people change and yeah. within it. And so we're just trying to right keep it rolling. Keep rolling. Keep and, rolling. Yeah. And you said there's some other groups. So out of you have that part of the watershed. Are there other who are some of the other maybe other groups you work with side by side or bigger groups that could help? You know, if somebody wanted to go deeper, maybe even bigger in the watershed, where, where would they where would they go? Well, the largest groups there's the Montana Watershed um, Coalition and or Watershed Coalition MWCC, and that kind of shows all of the group of all the watershed groups in there, there's watershed. I mean, there's certainly trout unlimited and we work yeah. with Pat Barnes. Trout unlimited is under that area. And, um, we, I mean, appreciate them tremendously and the sun river watershed, there's different smaller watershed groups, but I think on the larger scale, it's probably MWCC is kind of shows you all the different watersheds and what they're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's, there's, yeah, there's a few groups out there. So what else, what else should we know about what you have going there? It sounds like, uh, you've got a few big projects, anything else we should, we should know about or things that people can connect with if they want to get more involved. Um, just, you know, join us online, be sure to get our newsletter, follow up and email me or contact our, um, our email address is on there. U M O W A dot O R G. Yes, yes. And then, um, you know, try to stay in tune. We're also kind of trying to look at more than just the fishing aspect of it and the weeds, but also the birds. We've um, kind of done some studies on the birds and we are um, looking at 
we had to do a big environmental assessment for our weed project. And so mm-hmm. we're looking at habitat for, you know, beaver. We're looking for, we're looking at um, all different aspects. And if anybody has any ideas, I mean, we certainly appreciate that and thoughts and, you know, questions. And and we really want people to be engaged in the whole, in the whole program. And, yeah. you know, if you come out, if you're visiting, give me a call. We can certainly visit. Um you know, and that would be great, and and we appreciate everybody's support, and and um and respect the Reds, and go, right. you know, and keep the fish wet. <laughs> Do you find a lot of your um, supporters, or you mentioned before, but fly fishermen and women out there, or there is it a broad coalition of different groups? Um, they are more fly fishers. They are. Um, I mean, we do have the landowners. We're really getting them more engaged and stuff. We're trying to get more. I mean, in the past, the COVID section stuff, there were a ton of people on the river. I mean, as you probably know, everybody bought a raft. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there were a lot of people on the river. Right. So we're trying to engage, you know, a lot of folks. And we do um, a river cleanup. And so that helps to engage more people. And um, we float and pick up. And then we're trying to um, – we have a big event in – August 20th at the new brewery, 10 mile brewery down in Craig. And that's uh-huh. going to be a rendezvous after our river cleanup. And um, so if anybody is around, hopefully they can come and join us. We have um, a raffle. We're raffling off an RO boat. Oh, wow. um, and that's going to be online. And, that, and that'll be um, the raffles going on pretty in the next week or so. And so, and um, we'll announce the raffle winner. They get to choose um, between several boat styles um, with drift boats, and then on the I mean, the the raffle will be drawn at the rendezvous on the twentieth of of August, and um, we'll also have an auction oh, cool. there. And yeah, twentieth of and, August, perfect. Yeah. So if you're around, please join us. Yeah, that's perfect timing. We'll we'll definitely put links to the show notes. And you mentioned the RO RO boats, right? The drift boats. Uh-huh, we'll, yeah. we'll put a link out to them. Um, we've, oh, we've talked to them before as well. And nice. So okay, well, you guys, it sounds like you got it rolling. You've got obviously, like we said, a few challenges with a, a limited staff. Um, you know, things like that. But it, it sounds like you've got some plans. You know, moving ahead. What was your when yes. you got into this? So you came over. Like you said, you've been in in that area for for quite a while. Did you initially come out from Virginia, or did you grow up out there? I grew up in Virginia, and then my husband and I um, had moved out to Wyoming, and then um, we came. I went to um, law school in Missoula, in Montana. Oh, in Missoula, yeah, University yeah. of Montana. Yeah, so we went to um, yeah, so we came out here in eighty. Well, we moved out west in 87 and came up here in 93 after law school and thought we were just going to be in Helena for a short time, but it's never left. Never left. It's a great area. That's <laughs> and right. So, yeah. So my dad, my husband's worked, you know, he guided on the Smith and the Blackfoot and the Missouri. Oh, nice. And so, um, nice. yeah. Yeah. And, and you never thought about heading back to uh, Virginia to get, get, well, I guess the winters are probably pretty similar, right? There's some similarities there. No, it's, it's a lot. Um, a lot different. A lot different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We enjoy it here. We get a lot of good visitors, which is fun. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right on. All right. Well, I think, um, you know, that gives us a little taste of, I just want to touch base as we do these, uh, a little bit of this conservation um, kind of check in with some of the groups out there. So if, if people have questions, we will definitely direct them over to uh, umowa.org. And you said it's U- UMOA. How do you, is that how you guys say it? UMOA? 
Yes, uh-huh. You mow it. It's kind of mow. I mean, the O is different because the Upper Missouri Watershed Alliance, but it's um, mow is, is kind of the. Yeah, the mow. Exactly. The mow. <laughs> yeah, it's <all laughs> yeah. the mow. It's mow, mow yeah. everything out there. That's right. Nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah. If, if, unless you have anything else, I think we'll leave it there. And uh, and like I said, we'll we'll, we'll kind of give a shout out again to uh, to John. I think is he on? Is he the secretary on the on the board? Yes. So yeah. he's on. He's coming on his second year, and um, well, he joined us last year, and he's he's just been a tremendous oh, asset. Cool. And Trexel has has um, supported you know us in a lot of ways, and and um, really appreciate him. Yeah. Who else is on? You have a you have like a six person uh, board, something like that. We have eight members on the board, and so we have um, our vice chair is um, Bill Ryan, and he used to he's he grew up there. He has a place right in Craig, and he um, he's from Butte, but he has a place in Craig, and he's been there since a little kid, and he's a retired um, Northwest Energy employee. And then um, we have. Uh, Jay Erickson, who had been with the Land Reliance for many years, and um, he, which was a big easement conservation easement mm-hmm. organization in the state, and so he's been a great asset. And then we have um, Joe Kirkfelt, who's had a place out there since he was a kid. It's kind of fun to see their history between he and Bill about the whole history of the area mm-hmm. and how it's all changed. But it's they're they're great resources, and then um, and they know everybody. And um, then we have Pat Hunter, who's been um, who's been in Wolf Creek that area for a long time. He was one of the founding members of it, as well as um, um, and then we have Alan Shaw, who's a retired doctor from Alabama, who has a place in Big Sky and in um, and in Craig. And so we are um, and John Chafee, who is a guide, um, who's guided there forever. He's a teacher in Helena, but he's. He's been a guide on the Missouri for a long time. So it's been pretty good. We've enjoyed our board. They work well together and they're hardworking and it's been great. Yeah. When was it? Uh, I'm not sure if I missed that earlier, but when was it founded? The, the... 2014. Oh, yeah. So this is fairly fairly recent then, not not too old. Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, t- almost, I guess going on 10 years pretty soon, that's a decent amount of time, a decade. But well, and they've—I mean, it was a lot of the guides who had started it to begin with, and so it was just like I think it had been a, a labor of love for a long time, and they wanted to really organize and start to collect data was the basis um, to begin with, and um, and so it's kind of it's evolved, but uh, but we're pretty proud of how far we've gone and and what yep. we're doing and, and how far we and, and what we think we can accomplish. So there you go. And do you do any uh, any fly fishing yourself? I do. I um. I used to do a bit more and my kids kind of took over, but yeah. <laughs> they, um, they are, they're all, it's a fly fishing family for sure. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. That's really cool. So everybody's in, and the kids are how old? Um, 20 and 24. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they got so their own. Yeah. And they're all, yeah. and they're all a fly, they're all, they all fly anglers? Yes, they did. Um, they grew up in fishing camp on the Blackfoot. And oh, right. Because you're, yeah, like you said, in your, yeah, your husband was a guide. Yeah. So they, um, yeah. So it's kind of fun. They have, I mean, they've gone in different directions, but they always have that fishing as their, their base, which is good. All right. Good deal. Well, I got to ask you one random one before we go out of here. Um, so you've got the, uh, you know, you've got this, uh, experience obviously as an attorney, if you didn't go into that field, it sounds like conservation and things like that were pretty, 
important to you and that was like your you know career but if you did wouldn't have done that what else would you have kind of gone pro in or what would have been your secondary uh field of study um i do like the business stuff and all but i had a i have a heart is horses oh really <laughs> Oh, cool. My heart is probably in horses, a lot of it is, and my daughter shares. So I kind of live vicariously through her right now with the whole horses and stuff. Nice. But a lot of, I mean, I, I do enjoy the the nonprofit stuff, and I had worked with, I kind of diverged for a little while when I was working for the court with the child protection. So that was interesting yeah. in the public service. So, yeah, there's a lot of good things out there. Right on. Well, it sounds like you got, is that a dog in the background? It is. I apologize. He's kind of mad that I locked him out. No problem. No problem. I'll let you. I'll let you get to the dog. What's the dog's name? Oh, we have a few. This one is Izzy, Homer, and Chester are inside. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, Sherry, I'll let you, I'll let you get to the dogs, and just wanted to say thanks for uh, spending a little bit of time here and shedding some light on on the group here. And we'll we'll send everybody out to uh, the website, and I'll put links in the show notes. And want to thank you for your time. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your interest and and your help in helping us spread the word. So there it is. The Upper Missouri Watershed Alliance, wetflyswing.com slash 332. 332 will get you all the links and some of the stuff we talked about today. I got a listener shout out before we get out of here. Uh, Jeremy Nolan. Jeremy sent, uh, sent us a, a DM on Instagram. And I checked in with Jeremy, and he is actually in the, in the southeast part of the country, part of the U.S. He loves coffee, good beer, and fly fishing. That actually sounds like somebody I know pretty well. So cool to hear that you're checking out the episodes and enjoying what we're putting out. If you want to connect with me, you can do that easily, just like Jeremy did. Send me a DM on uh, Instagram or anywhere on social, or you can send me an email, dave at wetflyswing.com. Would love to hear from you and hear uh, what episodes uh, you want to hear coming up here as we move into the future we're heading off into the sunset right now it was a good day it was a good uh, a good afternoon and uh, and it's going to be a good evening crack that can let's uh, have a nice beverage for the evening and uh, and just want to check have you subscribed to this podcast if you've been enjoying this at all um, it's the best way to make sure you get updated when that next episode goes live and we've got a good week This is just kicking off the week. We've got, um, as always, pretty much, in fact, I'm not going to say this is the most epic week of all time, but it may, it might be. We got, uh, we got Ross Purnell coming up here um, this week in a couple of days, and he's going to dig into fly fishermen, maybe one of the longest running, largest fly fishing magazines out there. And and a big one on Thursday. Um, I'm not even sure I want to announce it yet. I'm not going to announce it. I'm just going to say that uh, if you are, if you are not super young, what what is it, Generation Z? If you're a millennial, may, actually, you might even know him if you're even young because he's got some stuff going on. But we got a big, uh, a big star, big star coming on Thursday. So stay tuned, and I can't wait to share that one with you. This is going to be, this is going to be a fun week, fun week to get this all going, and I'm going to keep it as a surprise for now. Okay, I'm heading out of here. I want to thank you for your support. Looking forward to catching up with you. Hope you have a good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you are. I hope to see you on the water soon or maybe catch you online. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.